everybody, Pepper Priestley here, and welcome to another episode of Dish with Pepper. I'm here with USA Track Athlete Colleen Quigley, and I'm so excited to be with you here, Colleen. And my first question for you, when you were my age, did you play any sports? And if so, which sports? I am so happy to be here, first of all. Thanks for having me. Um, And yes, I played a lot of sports growing up. Um, Mostly, I enjoyed dancing, so I did ballet, tap, jazz, I even did point for a while. Um, and then I played soccer. I loved um, being part of like the team of soccer, but then I really enjoyed the way that dance let me move my body and express myself. And um, I just, yeah, I loved dance as well. Um, and I did track for a little while, which is obviously that's my sport now. But when I was younger, I actually hated track, um, did not. It was not love at first sight for me. Uh, I did a little bit in grade school. I did like the standing long jump and like the 100 meter dash. And um, I just I don't know, I didn't really like it when I was younger. I think um, I just was enjoying dance and soccer more. And then when I got to high school, I went out for the cross country team in the fall of my freshman year, which is the first time that I ever tried to do cross country instead of track. Um, And I just fell in love with it. All the girls on the team were so cool and nice and brought me into their team were very welcoming. And that's just, yeah, how I found the running community and and have been running ever since. But it definitely uh, wasn't always that way. Uh, I mean, it's it's definitely cool to hear, you know, not the classic, you know, I love this sport since forever, you know, um, but yeah. yeah, that's cool that you were able to, you know, fall in love with it at some point, but also, you know, be passionate about other things along the way, too. Totally. I think that's so normal. Like, I don't know, whenever I meet people who know what they want to do when they're 11, I'm always like so impressed that... <laughs> you like have found something you're passionate about at a young age and feel like you want to pursue it. Cause I think at that age, I was just trying all kinds of stuff and, you know, just figuring out what I enjoyed doing and what I was good at. And my message to young people about that is always like, you have plenty of time to figure out what you're good at and what you want to do. I was not, you know, seven years old being like, I want to be in the Olympics one day. That was never the goal. So it just kind of like unfolded um, naturally in that way. But I know if I, if you would ask me what I want to do when I grew up, when I was like 11, I would have said, I probably would have said, I want to be a professional dancer, like a professional ballerina or something. So, you know, things change. (laughs) (laughs) They sure do. And you answered, I was going to ask you, what did you want it to be when you were my age as an adult, but there's for that. Totally. Um, All right. So moving in a little bit more um, to your life now, what are some of your mental preparations to run long distance? Totally. Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, kind of the mental side of the game is something that um, as a young person, I really did not give any credit to. Like I always thought if I had a bad race or like a bad, you know, workout, I would have just said like, I would have found a physical reason why that happened. Like, you know, my like legs were heavy or I didn't like prepare my nutrition wasn't good or something. And I never really gave my mental preparation for that workout or that race very much credit. But now that I'm a little bit older, I'm almost 30. I realized that like the way that I mentally approach a workout or race can really change how much I get out of myself on that given day. Like if I show up to practice grumpy, bad attitude, like this is going to suck, blah, 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 you know, 
I, I mean, it, then that happens. Like then I have a bad day and I don't feel good and the workout's not fun, but if I can figure out a, a way to kind of psych myself up and approach it with a little bit more excitement and positivity and know that even if I'm not feeling a hundred percent that day, like it's not going to being tired or being sore, you know, and, and then ha- being happy about that, it's not going to change the tired or soreness, but maybe it could help you realize like, yeah, maybe I'm not a hundred percent today, but I know that I have an opportunity to get better and I can still accomplish a lot of things, even if it's not perfect. Um, and letting go a little bit of like the expectation of every day has to be a perfect day. Um, and just coming out the workout with like the attitude of whatever, you know, happens today, I'm just going to give it my best on the day and know that whatever that is, you know, it will be enough and will allow me to get better so that the next time I can do something, you know, even, even bigger and better than today. So um, the mental part of that preparation, I would say, um, is one thing that I have spent a lot more time and energy on over the past few years. And I would say like the younger you can start on that, you know, the quicker you can learn that lesson, uh, the better for sure. Because especially in a sport like running, where it's mentally challenging. You have a lot of time out there. If you're going for like an hour run, you have a lot of time out there to be thinking about how much you're not enjoying it or whatever. So you got to have your mental, yeah, your mental game has to be on point. Yeah. It's so great to hear that, you know, someone, I am an athlete as well. And um, I have been playing sports from like a very young age, even younger than I am now, obviously. And (laughs) it's, it's so great to hear from like professionals, how, you know, they have that kind of struggles too. It makes you feel like you're not alone, you know, even on 11. So thank you. Totally. And I think, I think that's changed a lot too, where athletes like pro athletes are more willing to talk about the bad days, off days, you know, things not being perfect all the time. Um, whereas maybe a few years ago, if, you know, if you admitted that you were feeling great or something, you were showing weakness or, you know, um, there's maybe a little bit of a stigma or a fear of showing any kind of weakness. But I think it's pretty cool that athletes um, now more often share the highs and the lows because for normal people, like, it's cool to be like, oh, like this athlete that I look up to, and kind of idolize like they have off days too so then you realize when maybe you're not having a great day like that's okay that's like part of being human and it doesn't mean you should quit or stop like everybody goes through that um which i think really unites us and and brings us together yeah definitely it's incredible all right so what kind of strategy goes into running the 3000 meter steeplechase yeah, did you look up any videos of what the steeplechase is? It's kind of a crazy event. Yeah, and like running in water, I was like, that would <laughs> me off. Like, you were like, all the time. like, what is going on? This lady must be crazy. Yeah, it is kind of a crazy event. So it's 3,000 meters, which is just under two miles. It's seven and a half laps on a track. So eight laps would be two miles. Um, so just under two miles. But every lap, you have four big wooden barriers. Uh, like hurdles, but they're called barriers because they don't move. So like the sprinters use hurdles and if you hit one, it just kind of like, yes. So ours are very much not move, not movable. Like they are stationary. So if you hit one, you're the one going boom, not the hurdle, (laughs) Uh, which makes it a little trickier. But, um, and then you have one of those barriers at the corner of the track that is placed in front of a large pit of water 
and you run up to the hurdle, you place one foot on top of the hurdle and you use that foot to propel yourself and you leap over the water. And then you, your next foot should be like on the edge of the water pit, like you get a splash, um, but then your next foot should be like back on dry land, like back on the track if done properly. Um, sometimes people, the pit is deep. So if you end up in the pit of water, you could be like waist high um, in some water, which uh, would definitely hurt your, your time wading out of the water. Uh, not ideal. So you have one of those on every lap. So you have seven water pits and 28 hurdles over 3000 meters, uh, which is this crazy event called the steeplechase. And that's what I did um, in Rio. It's what I did in, uh, the, in the Olympics in Rio. And then what I did in college um, and what I'm trying to do again uh, in the Olympics in 2024 in Paris. It's my definitely my specialty event. Um, and I think it's really a special thing because it is so unique and just so crazy. But for me, I like it because um, it's really the mental component of it. Like you were saying, your mental preparation is key. So for the steeple, there's a lot of obstacles. A lot can go wrong. And with 28 hurdles and seven water pits, all of your obstacles are not going to go perfectly. There's just no chance that you're going to go over all of those hurdles, you know, with perfect form. And because you got people running all around you, people running in front of you who might not be perfect. So then you're following them and things get crazy. So the mental strategy there is just to take each hurdle one at a time and not to get ahead of yourself thinking about the hurdle in the next lap or maybe the hurdle right behind you that just didn't go very well. You have to just, that's in the past and I'm just focused on the hurdle that's right in front of me. Because if you don't focus and think about that hurdle, the likelihood of you know messing up and tripping on it or clipping your foot is, you know, increases. And if that happens, like I said before, you're going down. So you really have to focus on every single hurdle, just one at a time throughout the whole race. And I think A, like runners should be doing that even like in a 5K, you should probably just be thinking about like one step at a time, right? You can't really think about mile two when you're in, you know, mile one, you gotta stay in the moment, but steeple really forces you to stay in the moment. So. It's challenging, but I actually really enjoy that challenge. I think it's uh, really fun, and it's kind of like a game on the track. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you it's crazy, you know, how hard doing, like, you had 100-meter dashes, but then you add, like, hurdles, and now, like, with the steeplechase, it's it's crazy, and it's very impressive <laughs> to be able to do that also. I just watched it. Have you done any track yourself yet? Have you tried, tried that as one of your mini sports? Um... Not yet. I, actually, I did do like one race um, and I came in third, I think, but that was, yeah, it was a hundred meter, um, but yeah, so, so not very long, but my, Amazing. Um, my dad's best sport was track. So he definitely wants Ooh. me to do more of that. Um, and I would love to. You might have some genes for it then. <laughs> you might have the genetics for it. Yeah. That what, would event, be what event did your dad do? Was he a sprinter too? Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Was. Though. But he thinks I, I wish I could be at, a like, <laughs> and it's like it's crazy because there's so much like work and practice you have to put into it, and then it's over. It's over so bad. <laughs> you have no time to think. It's like the opposite of a distance event where you're in your head the whole time. Like if your race is ten seconds long, there's no time to think. You're just gun goes off and then it's over. <laughs> yeah, like there's and you talked about you know having to take it one moment at a time, and like there's only really one moment. Oh, one moment. <laughs> 
but there's so much mental preparation that goes into that too. I mean, those events, the pressure is so high, you can't make any mistakes. Like in a 5k, if you kind of like make a mistake early on, you might be able to make up for it later in the race. But at an event like a hundred, if you have a bad start, like it's pretty hard to make that up later in the race because it's so short. So I think all the, all the events on the track are so different and they all have their own unique challenges, which makes it really fun. Um, to watch as a spectator, you know, like all the, you know, ins and outs of all these different events. It's, yeah, I think that's something that makes track really special. Yeah, it's, it's super cool seeing how, how different and how similar each of the different separate races are, but yeah, super. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You got to let me know if you try some distance events, if you need any tips, I'm here for you. I will. My dad does think that I I would be more 400, 800 type, so. Ooh, the 800 is so cool. Hopefully I'll be able to try that at some point. Yes, definitely. Plenty of time. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Just like, you know, you said at the beginning, you know, you only started long distance, what'd you say, high school? So In high school, yeah. Yeah, you, you for sure have time. And I think for me, like, this time I spent dancing and playing soccer, was really good for my like general athleticism as a kid. You know, I do know a lot of people who started running distance at a young age and, um, you know, just running straight and turning left for, you know, many, many, many years, you lose some of like the general athleticism of like being able to move sideways and like, you know, do different kind of more athletic movements. Um, so I think anytime you can be a more well-rounded athlete, that will make you stronger, like less injury prone, um, and just like a more powerful athlete and, you know, healthy human being. So try everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like, it's, it's crazy, you know, watching when, whenever people are running, like, it's it's really amazing I think it's a really cool sport to watch because there's so many like different ways to think about it and um and so many different races so it's super cool so true what's your favorite event I'm interviewing you now but what's your (laughs) what's your favorite event to watch at the Olympics or favorite uh sport I mean to watch um I don't know that's that's a tough one because they're all it's like it's like the highest high level so I know it's it's crazy but I mean I'm probably biased to say basketball as someone, you know, that, that is my biggest sport and I do cover basketball most. Um, totally. But, um, yeah. But I mean, we're, my family, um, my mom uh, did softball and field hockey and, and basketball as well. So, and, and obviously my dad ran track. So there's always, you yeah. know, um, options and we, we love all sports. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's super cool to be able to watch, you know, like. So got, fun. Yeah, like so many sports. Like, what should I watch? Oh, the Olympics are on, like almost 24-7. Anything, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, maybe we can get you out to Paris in 2024 to do some live recording. Yeah, I would absolutely love that. That would be be amazing. Paris is a really cool city. Absolutely. I mean, I definitely would have to get my passport done for that. (laughs) we yeah. can work that out this is not a <laughs> yeah problem. definitely we're, we're, minor yeah, we're working on that at the moment now so <laughs> that'd be awesome well i hope to see you there okay sorry didn't mean to derail your interview you no, go ahead okay. <laughs> all right so um I, I saw your website and you have a focus not only on running and modeling and everything you do but also on you know cooking and having a healthy diet as well as journaling so touch yeah. on of both of those things 
Yeah, I think I, it's funny, I, like, I'm all over the place. I do a little bit of a lot of things, um, but I like to keep, you know, keep it interesting. Um, and running is a sport where, you know, you can really only run for so many hours out of the day. Uh, you can't, you know, it's a high-impact activity, so you can't be running for just, like, hours and hours every day. There's definitely some time spent as a pro runner doing, like, you know, rehab and getting treatment and, um, you know, doing strength training in the gym, so... Um, I do have like other activities that I have to do as part of my job, but I have, you know, some free time that um, I get to choose how I spend. Um, and I'd love spending that cooking good meals. So I actually uh, studied dietetics in college. I went to Florida State University and I majored in something called dietetics, which going in, I did not know was a option to study. I was like, you can study food and nutrition and how to fuel your body to perform at its best. If you're, you know, an athlete or just a normal person, like I could, that can be a major. I was so excited. So I chose that as my major and I graduated in 2015 uh, with a bachelor of science, bachelor of science in dietetics and have definitely used a lot of what I learned just, you know, in my normal life as an athlete, trying to fuel myself to optimize performance and just feel good and have good energy and, you know, like all the normal life things that uh, good nutrition gives you as well. Um, so that's definitely a passion of mine. And I just enjoy cooking and I enjoy eating good food and sharing good food that I've, you know, created with people who I love and just sitting down and having a meal together is just a really special um, way to spend time and get to know each other um, over a good meal. There's in my mind, there's just like no better way to spend an evening, um, you know, a few hours of just like eating and talking and, you know, enjoying time. So that's definitely a passion. Um, and then, yeah, I, I uh, have a website and a newsletter. So I spend some time like writing or creating, you know, content that I feel like could be helpful for other people, whether it's like young athletes like yourself or, just, you know, regular people who um, do maybe they're like weekend warriors and do 5Ks on the weekends or travel around the world doing marathons. Um, and they're interested in, you know, what I'm cooking or maybe what I'm doing in the gym or um, what I'm doing for my rehab. If I'm like going through an injury and I'm doing some rehab, there's always injured runners who are like, tell me about, you know, how you swim and bike to like <laughs> get um, in shape when you can't run. So Pretty much anything that I'm going through, I try to share with uh, my fans and followers because um, likely, you know, some of them are going through a similar thing at some point. So um, I do spend a decent amount of my time, you know, cooking and then, you know, journaling or creating content, writing, working on my website, working on my newsletter, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's like the life of a professional runner, I guess. Yeah, it's super cool. I mean, something I know me and a lot of my friends, um, we journal, I journal, I write down like five things I'm grateful for every night. Um, but, Amazing. But I saw a little bit more what you do. And a lot of my friends have like bullet journals. And I mean, they have like yes. of highlighters, like decorating it. And yeah. Stuff. I was like, <laughs> my journal is pretty plain. It's a lot of just gray pencil. But um, oh, you can really go wild with the bullet journal. Yeah, I know. Like a lot of my friends, they have they write down their own calendars like monthly. Yes. And I was like, wow, like you put in all that work just to cross out each of the days. Like, but it's, <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's like, it's partly, you know, even if it's like a 
a calendar, like a planner that you're creating. For me, it's more like a creative outlet, you know, like less so of like the actual utility of the planner and more just like, you know, when else do you get the opportunity to like put pens to paper, colored pens to paper and like just create something that's not for school. It's not for work. It's just for you, just for fun. And there's no like, you don't get credit for it or anything. You just, it's just something you do for you. And I don't know if, you know, as human beings anymore, we really do that. We're always like on our phones and stuff. So uh, anytime that I can like put pen to paper and do something creative wise, uh, I always feel like, you know, I'm winning. So yeah, but it gets, I can get out of control. The Pinterest pages about bullet journaling are just amazing. Like really people are go nuts. It's very impressive. Yeah, um, it's it's definitely a cool way to, you know, express yourself in a way that's helpful and healthy. Yeah, so, like, yeah, totally. Yeah, mm-hmm. all right. So I know um, you obviously are running, we're a runner, we've talked about that, but I know you also do modeling as well, and that's something else you're passionate about. So how do you balance, you know, the constant training for running and also, you know, modeling as well? <laughs> Yeah, so modeling is really more something I did when I was in high school. When I uh, was a freshman in high school, I went um, there. Macy's was having like a prom dress fashion show um, contest. And so I, uh, I was dancing at the time and my dance teacher really was pushing me to try modeling. I think I was like, probably 14 or 15. Um, and my mom was like, not super into it. She just felt like that was probably you know, maybe a kind of a toxic environment for her young girl to, to be a part of and didn't want, you know, any like body image issues that might arise from that. So she was pretty protective over me trying any kind of modeling. But anyway, we convinced her, my dance teacher and I convinced her to let me do this one um, Macy's like fashion show thing. Um, And I ended up getting selected as one of like the 10 girls to do the show. And one of the judges um, was Gail Lassiter, who now I call like my second mom. And she has an agency, a modeling agency in St. Louis called West Model and Talent. Shout out to West. Um, and I, I still use them to this day. If there's anyone that comes to me who is like, I want to get into modeling. Like, how do I get into it? I say, go talk to Gail and Sutton. Like they won't, you know, they won't uh, lead you astray. You can trust them. There's a lot of shady people in that world, but like you can trust them. They'll steer you, you know, right and make sure that you get connected to the right people. And so I feel really lucky that I had them in my life just to, you know, help protect me and make sure that I had a good experience. Um, And I did. I had a really awesome time traveling the world, going places I never would have been able to travel to otherwise. Um, and made some good money that I was able to sock away to be able to use later in life, like in college and beyond. Um, and so that was a pretty cool like way to spend some of my high school years. Um, but then I got to my senior year of high school and I basically had the decision of, do you wanna take a D1 scholarship and go run track and field and cross country um, in college? Or do you wanna move to New York and sign there was an agency that um, I was, you know, looking at signing with and kind of the, the idea would be to go like full time uh, as a professional model. Because when I was in high school, I was traveling around, but I was still going to school, like finishing high school was really important to me. I didn't want to drop out of school. So um, after school, I thought, oh, OK, I'll, you know, I'll put off going to college and I'll go model full time. Um, but I decided actually to take that NCAA scholarship because I felt like 
that was something that I couldn't do later. Like I was given this amazing opportunity to go to school for free, to go to college for free. And I was like, oh, I can't, I just felt like I couldn't turn that down. So um, yeah, I was like, oh, like Florida State University wants to, they were one of the top two schools in the country for running. And so they gave me a scholarship and I went there. So, and I stopped modeling when I was in college. I had no time to model when I was doing cross country in the fall, indoor track in the winter, outdoor track in the spring. There was no time to be traveling to do any modeling. So besides obviously school and like trying to have a social life. Um, so I totally put it on pause. And really the only modeling that I've done since then is just for sponsors. I have quite a few sponsors now. And um, it's I think it's always really nice for them when I have to do photo shoots for my sponsors. They're used to working with athletes who are, you know, not used to being in front of the camera and are really shy and a little awkward or whatever. Um, and so I think it's it's a nice added bonus that I can be like, oh, I'm, you know, I have experience doing this, like no problem. And we can, we get, we always get done with the shoots a lot faster than they think, you know, it's going to take longer. And it's like, oh, we got what we need. Like that was easy. So it definitely comes in handy now as a pro athlete, but um, I'm definitely focused on, you know, my running and my, my sport. So I don't do, I don't really have a, you know, a modeling career anymore, but good little tool to have in my back pocket whenever I need it yeah absolutely <laughs> all right so I do want to get to some of my FAQs FAQs um, all right so my first Let's question what is your favorite meal to cook oh um we have a pizza oven in my house in Flagstaff it's uh sits on the back porch and it gets up to like seven or 800 degrees. And so we make homemade pizzas out there. And that's my favorite. We do it almost every weekend. We like have pizza night. So it's probably my favorite. Yeah, that's awesome. And what's your favorite place you visited as a runner? Ooh, that's tough. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with St. Moritz, uh, Switzerland is an insane place I've trained that we do like a high altitude summer training base out there. Um, before we race in Europe. So um, Switzerland as a country is just, I mean, it is gorgeous. They know how to do it right out there. Um, and we train at this place that's on a lake, like the place that we stay is on a lake. And we run on these dirt trails all around these different lakes and mountains. Everywhere you go, there's like a waterfall and a beautiful blue lake and snow-capped mountains off in the distance. It's like a runner's paradise. So yeah, St. Moritz. Did you see like any of the tulips? I know those are in Switzerland out there. Yeah, the tu like the tulip um, yeah, like gardens. Yeah, tulip fields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen pictures of those, but I've never actually went to one of those in Portland. They have one oh, wow. uh, okay. in Oregon, but I didn't go when I was in Switzerland. Isn't that okay. funny? All right. So I know for me, this is burpees, but what is your least favorite workout exercise? Oh, burpees. Oh, gosh. Those are actually one of my least favorite, too. Um, gosh, my least favorite. Well, I, you know what I recently started doing that, um, as part of my rehab that I used to think that I hated and now I kind of low key love is the stair climber. I used to think it was horrible. And, uh, the PT I'm working with said that it would be a good activity for where I'm at with my foot injury. He's like, that actually would be a really good workout for you. So I went and did it yesterday, uh, or a couple of days ago and I was on the stair climber for an hour. I went like 392 flights of stairs and I got done and I have never felt more accomplished. I was like, actually, like that was really hardcore. Like I was really proud of myself. <laughs> 
So sometimes your least favorite couldn't, you know, surprise you. I would have said I hate the stair climber, but not anymore, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you think I'm crazy, don't you? <laughs> no, there's actually um, not. I have a gym where I live right now, but we don't actually have a stair climber. And I one of the things that's a little bit frustrating for me when I try to work out is they're all like adult sized. Yeah, so kind of <laughs> stairs are like really big. But that one especially, it was kind of awkward. But I, it, I hope when I'm an adult, they're like leaping up the stairs. Yeah, like, it's definitely much harder for me. My favorite, like out of like the workout machines, I would say it's definitely the elliptical. I do that one a lot. But. You like the elliptical? Yeah, nice. Have you ever tried the row machines at the gym? No, I don't know if we, I don't think we actually have one of those. We have like a treadmill mm. elliptical and then like a, a, a like a bike, but. If you're if ever I, somewhere I, with a row machine, yeah, you should check that out. It's a fun, it's a full body exercise because you're like basically like doing squats with your legs, but then you're also like pulling with your arms. So yeah. If you ever get the chance, it's a crazy workout. And then imagine like actually rowing. Yeah. yeah. One day I'm gonna for sure. I'm I have to get out on like real you know real water and do it. It'd be fun. All right. And what is the last book you read? Ooh. Um, I actually do a lot of audio books. Um, I you know do a lot of cross training and stuff like aqua jogging. When I'm aqua jogging, it's so boring. So I. Um, put headphones in. I listen to books, or if I'm like driving or doing anything, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Um, I just let me see what it was. I just finished a couple. Gotta make sure I say it right. Oh yeah, well, okay. My last one that I finished was "More Myself" by Alicia Keys, which was really good because she sings in it. Like throughout it, she reads it. I love autobiographies where the author reads their own story. Um, so the Alicia Keys one was really good. And then, you know what? The other one that I recently listened to was so good was uh, Viola Davis, um, the actress. Her book's called Finding Me. And again, she reads it. Um, and her life story is just incredible. So that was a really good listen, too. Yeah, that's cool. Alicia Keys is definitely one of my favorite singers. I mean, like, Girl on Fire is my favorite song, Like I feel like, since I was born, like, literally. <laughs> you should listen or read read her book because um, she talks about, like, when she created that song, and right. uh, it was really cool. Like, she knew instantly, like, oh, my God, this song is going to change my life. Like, she just knew that it was really special, and obviously, yeah, it's amazing. All right. I'll make sure to read that. And my last yeah. thing you, what was the last movie you saw? Ooh, um, I just watched, while well, I was on the spin bike the other day, I watched um, on Netflix, The Alpinist, which is about um, Marc-Andre Leclerc. He's a free climber, like he climbs without any ropes or anything. Um, and he's a Canadian guy and it's on Netflix. I won't give any spoilers, but it's so good. And just like understanding how he goes about climbing, like he climbs mountains sight unseen. He'll just no ropes, anything. He's never been on the mountain before, and he'll just go out there and like figure it out on the fly. Um, so yeah, I was watching that while I was on the spin bike, and I was just so inspired. It was like I was pedaling so much faster because I was like, "This guy is amazing!" So very, very inspirational documentary on Netflix. Yeah, and that kind of stuff is like it's crazy because like that could end up being a life or death situation, and like the kind of bravery you have to do to do that, like 
it's it's nuts because we have a climbing wall at my school we do sometimes for people oh so even fun that, even sometimes doing that scares me because heights are my favorite but it ends up being fun once my friends convince me to like do it with them but doing that without ropes what <sighs> i would love i to know do you guys have is the one that you use do you do ropes or is it just like a smaller wall that you like have mats underneath with no ropes oh no we have it well we have, have ropes. like harnesses harnesses yeah 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 but like it's that's so fun though i love it is really fun and so good for you i think it's like a really good workout yeah especially it's also like you have to figure out like where like it's also a lot of thinking that goes into it it's a puzzle yeah it is it's and then they also have different like um roots and different colors and stuff and you have to figure out like there's like why like i was on the red root and i was like why is there no more red like (laughs) there it's but it's definitely fun and you feel so accomplished like after figuring it out so totally well watching this movie made me want to like go find a rock gym in la and do some climbing myself because i was just like wow that is amazing i mean it's not even the same sport really at, you know in the gym like it's i don't want to offend anyone in the free climbing world <laughs> it is amazing yeah. but it's a fun yeah it's a fun thing to dabble in yeah for sure all right so i have two last questions for you and okay. first i just want to ask what are some of the biggest pieces of advice you've relieved you've received along your along your journey oh gosh so many good pieces of advice from different coaches i feel like i've been really lucky to have some amazing coaches um, along the way. Um, One that I go to a lot when I, you know, I kind of think of a lot when I think of advice is something my dad told me in high school. Uh, My dad was my high school coach for track and cross track and cross country in high school. Um, And he told me going into my senior year track season, I hadn't won a state title yet. I'm from Missouri. And that was one of my big goals. Um, you know, graduating high school, I wanted to be a state champion. And he told me going into the race, like my last race, my last chance to win a state title. um, He said, it's not just remember that it's not over until it's over, which just means like, in running, especially in distance running, you know, anything can happen. And you might be going into even the last lap of a, you know, race and think, oh, like, I'm in third place and the other two people who are in front of me, like they're feeling good. They're feeling strong. Like you count yourself out before the race is even over and you just think, oh, I'm, you know, you just kind of, it's, it's very common to just kind of like give up or be complacent about where you're at and think that like, you know, there's nothing you can do to change the circumstances. Um, And so he was saying that just to remind me that like, until you cross the finish line, it's not, nothing is written. So you have the opportunity to change the circumstances if, you know, if you want. Um, and that ended up being really good advice because um, in that race with one lap to go, or sorry, with two laps to go, the girl who I was racing took off, like bat out of hell, just took off like ripping. And I was like, oh, like in my head, I'm thinking, there it goes, I'm gonna lose another state title. But then when we crossed the finish line with one lap to go and the bell rang saying one lap to go, she actually like slowed up and stopped because she had miscounted the lap. She didn't know that we had one more lap. So she thought when she was, when she took off, she thought it was because it was the last lap, but she miscounted. So then we got to the finish line and all of a sudden my mindset changed. I was like, oh wait, like 
I know I knew that there was another lap. And so then I all of a sudden I thought, oh, like I can win this thing. But I actually had kind of chased after her a little bit. Like I didn't completely let her go when she started making that hard move. So I ended up setting a PR by like, I think it was like 10 or 15 seconds faster than I had ever run before. So it ended up, and I won the race. So it ended up being an amazing thing. And I, I thought of that advice that my dad said in, in the race that like, it's not over yet. You know, it's not over yet. Just stay in it, stay in it. She might come back to you. She might come back to you. Just do what you can kind of like put your head down and don't, don't lose hope. Um, and sure enough, like she definitely came back to me and I was able to, you know, go back and win the race. So I think of that advice all the time. Like it's not over till it's over. You just got to keep going. Yeah. That's great advice. And wow. It's crazy that, you know, you're able to put it to use like, yeah, like, right away. Moments after. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's all like right. new. <laughs> And then, you know, a question similar to that one, but uh, to, to, to end us off today, what advice yeah. do you have for the next generation of athletes? Mm, oh, my gosh. I think the next gener- generation of athletes is going to be amazing. And we, um, we always build on the people who came, you know, before us, especially you can see that a lot in women's athletics just because, um, you know, we weren't always welcome in these spaces. We weren't always um, allowed the opportunity to go to school and be part of a D1 sport and get a scholarship and compete. Um, and so I think, you know, every like generation gets better and better and we keep breaking records and we keep pushing the boundaries. So, um, I mean, I don't even have any advice for the next generation because I already know, like they already know that. And um, like you're coming up in a world where, and I, I kind of did this too, where like you can, you have the the privilege to be able to take for granted the fact that you're able to compete in whatever sport you want and you know you are welcome in in those spaces and you're going to be supported to do whatever sport that you want um and so just to be able to feel like you belong and feel like you deserve to you know take up space uh in those different sports and give it your all and you know lay it all out there not being afraid of like oh like girls don't sweat or you know whatever it is like we're you know we can compete in anything that um any other athlete can so i don't worry about the next generation at all i know that you guys are just gonna your gals are just gonna keep getting better and and faster and stronger um and keep pushing the boundaries so i'm just excited to watch yeah thank you so much you know for that last advice i mean yeah advice but you know encouragement (laughs) i guess um thank you for your time today and you know for being one of the women in sports who's paving the way for the next generation oh thanks pepper it was great to meet you you're absolutely crushing and (laughs) thank you can't wait to see you in paris in 2024 all right hopefully we'll be able to make that happen i'll definitely (laughs) let you know if i am going to be able to go amazing Thank you. Thanks, Pepper.